0: It's Monday, January 4th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, the real reason anyone would want to work here, J.P.
1: (laughs) Shadriff!
2: Thank you very much and welcome to Jaguars Happy Hour for the final time on a Monday in the 2020 season. My name's JP Shadrick, and we've got a show for you today. It is the final day that we'll have Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco together on this program. Our final Monday program presented by Jet Home Loans. We'll get their thoughts on Shad Khan speaking with the media earlier today. Doug Marone fired this morning. The general manager and the head coach positions are now open for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll go through each of those and what they have to offer and where they rank around the National Football League. Social media questions came in hot and heavy today, and we'll go around the NFL and the NFL playoffs, in fact, that start next week. Let's start with today's news. The Jaguars, of course, yesterday lost in Week 17, their 15th consecutive loss to wrap up the 2020 regular season. And about 14 hours later, Jags owner Shad Khan announced the dismissal of head coach Doug Marone in a statement. He thanked him for his grit and his work over the years here in four-plus seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but said it was time to make a full change on the football operations side of things. About an hour and a half after that announcement today, Khan spoke with the media on a video conference to chart the course for the future of the franchise, including the quarterback position, the GM and head coach searches, and much more. And he started with the flowchart for the new hires moving ahead.
3: A key thing how, you know, we would be structuring this is that I'm going to have the general manager and the head coach report directly to me. And uh, that way, uh, really, you know, you have the transparency and the needs and the concerns of both parties without really getting filtered or having a chain of command. So, um, and that's really what necessitates that you basically hire them about the same time. Uh, and really, you have a perfect alignment, which you need in a winning organization.
2: Khan earlier today, the full visit on Jaguars.com right now. We'll hear a little more later in the show from the Jaguars owner and Tony and Pete Prisco. Join us now for reaction, guys. Good afternoon, Pete. A lot of news hey, hey, today. Hey, Tony.
4: Hey, Tony, what about JP saying this is the last time we're going to be together? Do you know something that we don't know about next year just right. in case? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, this I, season.
5: I think, I think we're getting canned. Yeah, <laughs> is that you what he's saying? I, JP's I think, making decisions? No, I'm I, think, not, I said I, this I, season. Think, I think after the show, they're, you and I are being called in for a meeting <laughs> saying we appreciate your services. It was a great show, but. Um, we won't be seeing you guys back next year. <laughs> Stop. Well, it,
4: that might depend on who gets hired, by the way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of change in the air. I'll say that around here, Pete.
4: Well, you had his, you had me and Tony gone. <laughs> if he, did, he, did you not hear that, Tony? He said this is the hey, last what? show. He didn't say it's the last show of this I year. I think you hear what you want to hear.
2: Maybe you want to hear that, Pete. I don't know. Maybe no, you don't want to do it are anymore. you kidding
4: me? I can't wait to light up the new coach, whoever it is. <laughs> It was loud and clear, Pete. Loud and clear. Yeah, I heard it.
2: Either way, let's get to the point. There is a new head (laughs) coach opening as well around here. So a lot of news today. Jaguars owner Shad Khan is not often on the record with things, but uh, he set the course moving ahead here, Tony, about how this search is going to go, at least for the Jaguars.
5: Well, I think the most important thing he said to me, which I agree with a thousand percent, that we have to have alignment within the organization. And when I hear that, what it means to me is that your GM and your head coach have to be tied to hip. It's like a married couple, they're in it together. There needs to be a single message throughout the organization, and those two individuals have to be on the same page. That's how every successful organization is operated, in my opinion, in the NFL, that there's alignment, there's clear direction. This is who we are. This is the convictions we have. This is the philosophy we have. This is how we're gonna build the team. These are the type of players we need. Here's the expectations, everyone's roles and responsibilities, and everyone's accountable
4: to it. That is critical, and I loved what he said there. Well, so is he also saying that it hasn't been that way? Did yeah. That? I mean, I mean that's, but, isn't that a legitimate question? That well, means that they haven't been on the same page. Well, I mean, you heard a lot of rumblings out of there, you know,
5: for a long time that there was, like, I don't want to say dissension, but I mean, I think you, I mean, Tom was let go last year. The other two were retained. I mean, Pete, you heard it on a national level of the different things that maybe
4: not, there wasn't a complete alignment. You know, what was interesting too is I think some of his comments got misconstrued. Like when they said he was going to take over control of the roster. Right. That, that's not what he meant by that. Yeah, that, he explained I mean, it again he, a little later, too, Pete. Uh, he, I know, but yeah. I, I saw that. But like, Chad Khan's not going to take control of the roster. Right. That's not who he is. No, I think what I mean, and I didn't hear the whole
5: thing, and JP, correct me or wrong, but I think what he's basically saying is like, he expects complete alignment within the organization. And if there's something that they can't, you know, there is an alignment or there's conflict or dissension on a person or a roster or a spot or whatever
2: that he'll get involved. Yeah. I he, mean, he basically that's said,
5: how I, that's how I took
2: it. Yeah. There was the ultimate decision maker. You're looking at him when it was talking about the, the GM and head coach openings. And then later it was about that part about the roster. You know, there were apparently moments where maybe some things were not in, in his knowledge of what happened with contracts in the past. So uh, it sounds like everything's going to at least uh, touch him before it's finally approved.
4: At the end but of it's the day. not Jerry. You know, he's not picking say, well, players on Jones. draft he's, day. He's Jerry Jones. He's becoming Jerry Jones. That's no, not who he is. No, no, he will no. never be that. That's not who he wants to be. No. That's ridiculous. He's but final you money saw guy. that gather steam a little bit this afternoon before he clarified
2: his comment. That's not yeah, – that's, that's far from uh, what that is. I mean, Jerry Jones and, and Mr. Connor totally different in that world. That's, that's the way that would work. So, uh, a lot happening today. So, we, we kind of saw the Doug thing coming, though, Pete, right? I mean –
4: it's not really. A oh, that was inevitable. It was. It was. You can't lose 15 straight games in the NFL in your fifth season and get the job. You. You just can't come back. It's look. Whether any other coach would have won many more, that's debatable. That's something everybody could debate. Is this make Doug a bad coach? No. Is he a good coach? Who knows? But the reality is, you could. Nobody's winning with this group of players. It, it, nobody in the league would have won with this group. Nobody. And maybe you would have won one or two more, maybe, but that's it. This is a bad football team right now, not good. So yeah, Marone's firing was inevitable. Um, you know, and, and Doug's always been a class act. He's been easy to deal with. He's he's he gets it. He understands the business of the NFL, and he knows that you lose 15 straight games, you're going.
2: All right, that's how it's going to work. And uh, yeah, I think he he probably saw the writing on the wall as well. <sighs> and, uh, Tony, I mean, that's way, the that's way life is.
5: Well, I mean, it's unfortunately the life of a coach, too. I mean, I mean Pete, I think you, I, I've heard you say many times, like the day you're hired as a coach, just get ready because you're going to be fired at some point. I mean, very few coaches go out on their own terms. It just doesn't happen in professional sports in general and especially in the NFL. So Doug understands it, I promise you. Now he might not like it. He might feel like he was dealt a bad hand this year with the, the way the roster was built and some of the player procurement and the salary cap issues that they had. Um, but Pete said it right. One in fifteen. It is what it is. It's unfortunate. No one likes it. But there were, you know, five. There were six coaches fired this year. Every year, at least ten percent. At least, usually it's more. This year, it's almost twenty percent of the coaches get turned over. And so the bottom line is, you know, and I said this on a uh, call earlier, you know, analytics are a huge part of the NFL today, and, and they're an important part. They're of all professional sports, by the way, and you can use them, and they're productive, and they can give you direction on player procurement, they can give you direction on game management, and situational football, and all those things. It's great. But do you know the number one metric, which is basically what an analytic, analytics are? It's wins and losses. That's how everyone is judged by, at the end of the day, players, coaches, and everyone else, when you're on a football team. And when you're 1-15, it's just not going to end well. And I think the writing of the wall started when Dave Caldwell was fired. Because you know at that point there's going to be a new GM in, and whether – now in this, in this model, the GM and the head coach are going to be aligned together, both reporting the shot, but – you know, most GMs are going to say, "Great, I, I, I'd love to come to Jacksonville. It's a great place. It's a great situation. Graft, uh, draft capital, number one overall pick. You're going to be able to get a young quarterback. You have salary cap room. You know, it's a it's a state with no income taxes. You have an owner that's willing to invest in, and do what it takes to win." Um, but at the same time, most GMs are going to want to know um, that they're aligned with the coach and, and they're comfortable with that coach. And when you go on, when you go one and fifteen, that's tough.
4: But And here's the other thing, Tony. You talked about the 10%. We can look at next year and say, if Zach Taylor doesn't win in Cincinnati, he's gone. Yep. If Cliff Kingsbury doesn't win in Arizona, he's gone. If Brian Flores doesn't win in Miami, I mean, it would be a little fast, but he might be gone. No, Brian every, Flores is fine. But like Doug um, Peterson? Doug, Doug Peterson,
5: Peterson. Matt
4: Nagy? Matt Nagy. I mean, every year there's four or five guys that go into the season knowing they have to win or they're done. It's really Vic simple. Fangio,
5: Vic Fangio next year? Vic Fangio, another one, yeah. Well, the, and then they just, announced,
4: well, <laughs> they just announced they have a new GM coming in at Denver. That could change everything. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a position, like you said, you get hired to get fired. And Doug knows. I mean, Doug's a realist. He's a, he's smart. He's been around. He knows the way of, the way of the world. He knows he was – he he knew he was getting fired.
2: So, for the Jags, this will be the fourth head coach under the con ownership. 2012, of course, Mike Malarkey, one year. Gus Bradley came in in 13 through 16, and then Marone, and now whoever is hired. Uh, there are obviously some names out there, but the prominent name linked to this gig has been. But Urban stop League. right there, real yes. quick, JP.
5: It's, you know, you think about that four years, four coaches in 10 years. Is that right? That's what you said?
2: This will be the fourth, yes, coming up.
5: Okay, four coach in ten years. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had three coaches in like fifty
2: in their history. The yeah, isn't that, cra- right. isn't that crazy? Right, <laughs> right. that's right. I mean, that's,
5: it's nuts. That, I mean, that, and that's the type of stability you're looking for as an organization. Um, and I think that's ultimately what Sean Connell would love to have: is that kind of stability. This is a place where there's stability at the GM in the in at the coaching position because that means you're consistently winning, you're competing for division titles, you're in the playoffs, you're making Super Bowl runs.
4: And that's ultimately what you want to get to. Yeah, but and here's the other thing: if you can't win with what you have coming up in the next couple of years, then you don't. You're a bad coach. Period. End of story. Yeah, but I, <laughs> Pete, it's not just about bad coach, good coach, as
5: you just laid down. So, it's it's about you have a great opportunity because of the way things are aligned right now with the first pick, draft capital. Teams are going to be struggling. Some teams are going to be struggling to get under the cap. So there's probably going to be some players out there that you could help build and make it quicker. It's not an overnight. It's not like you're going to go overnight and say everything's perfect next year. But to your point, you should do it right. But it's not just the coach. It's creating the right culture In in the organization on the football side. And that is a big part of the coach. But it's also the GM. It's getting the right players, the right philosophy. I mean, there's a number of things that need to happen in that building to make sure that you are a consistent winner. I get it.
4: But if you're a good football coach and a good general manager, you should be winning. And I'm talking about getting deep into the playoffs in the second year of your tenure, period. So two years from now, the 20- 2020. years from now. 22- year you push the- for the wild card and the year after that, you push to be uh, a deep playoff team because you have so much capital and so much money. And Tony, we've thrown the names out there who you could try and fix this thing with. And then you keep building on it and drafting the right guys and getting the right players. And you said it, the culture matters. You, you, have, to, you have to be able to build that thing where everybody comes to work and they want to work and they do the work and they're not knuckleheads. And if you do that and you draft the right players, you will win because you have that quarterback and the rest of those guys around them. I just believe that this is a great opportunity for the franchise to become relevant. It's well, never been relevant, Tony, and you played there. It was relevant, like, oh, what a fun little story. Look how fast they got good. But it's never been long-term uh, sustainability and relevance, and that's what that franchise is missing.
5: Well, and you mentioned, I mean, Pete, you mentioned that you have the quarterback. Well, and I know we'll probably get to this later, JP, and I don't want to, you know, steal one of your segments, and I know you want to get to the the big name out there in coaching. But be, And I'll save it. We'll just tease it because we'll have this conversation later. So you are 100% on board with Trevor Lawrence. Not 100%, 1,000%. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll talk about <laughs> okay. that coming up. JP, go to the coach. You I like that. The
2: big coach. Well, we'll come back in a moment and get into some of the hot names around and linked with the Jaguars, including all this smoke about a former Ohio State, Florida, Utah, and Bowling Green head coach. We're off and running your questions from social media in the second hour. And this is Jaguars happy hour presented by jet home loans on the Jaguars digital network.
0: Without notice, equal housing opportunity.
1: Hey, Jaguar fans! Jack is Audi Jacksonville and Jack is Audi Orange Park have the luxury and exotic cars you're looking for: Lamborghini, Porsche, Audi, Rolls Royce, and more. Over 400 new and pre owned exotic vehicles waiting for you. With special financing up to 180 months and long term leases, you can afford to drive your dream car from Hanania Exotics at Audi Jacksonville and Audi Orange Park. Online at HananiaExotics.com. See a deal with complete details. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com jagscard Jagscart. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
7: Floridians know what it means to stand together. That's why Florida Blue is committed to the people of Florida by providing health care with lower costs and higher quality. Enroll within 60 days of life-changing events, such as losing your job, to get benefits like plans as low as $0 a month and up to $500 per year towards your premiums and wellness rewards. Call 1-800-750-0164 or visit floridabluecom slash care today. Florida Blue is a trade name of Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Florida Incorporated. These health benefit plans have limitations and exclusions.
0: Hey, Jags fans! Did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and valet park it for free? That's right. Stop by our bicycle check-in tent, sponsored by Alert Today Florida, near Gate One at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty ZenCog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secured during the game. When the game's over, return your claim ticket and pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. Jaguar's Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good.
3: The rumor of Urban Meyer, obviously, you know, I've known Urban over the years. The big 10 and what have you and uh, but you know we've not spoken to anyone uh about this job or obviously interviewed them i mean this is something uh it's just you know made the decision this morning so uh you know there's um and i'll leave it at that
2: Jaguars owner Shot Khan today when asked about the urban Meyer rumors and welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans, JP Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, the day after the twenty twenty regular season. Black Monday, six firings, six openings now in the NFL, and not that many firings today. There were a couple of openings already. One of those now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, after Doug Marone was relieved of his duties earlier today after four seasons plus, a couple of games. And the biggest name out there, linked to the Jags, is Urban Meyer, former Ohio State, Florida, Uh, Utah and Bowling Green, head coach, current analyst on college football on Fox, on the pregame show. Pete, uh, there's a lot of smoke. Is there any fire?
4: Oh, there's fire. And and look, Shad said they haven't talked to him or interviewed him, he said. Did you notice that, how he quickly put interviewed on there? Because they've spoken, they've talked, they know each other. There's a link there. Uh, There's probably been a gauge of the interest there and whether Urban wants to come back. Does he have the passion? Does he have the health? Does he have the drive? Is the job a lot more attractive now than it was about three weeks ago? I can tell you that. Uh, And he knows that. So, yeah, there's interest. And I think there's uh, interest on both sides. Now, whether he can put a staff together, a good staff, whether uh, he's got the drive and will to come back, that's to be determined. But uh, sometimes if you pull out a check that's big enough, your drive and determination becomes a lot more than it was about a month ago. That's for sure.
5: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I I actually, I'm going to take shot at his word that they have not talked, you know, about specifically coming and taking the job. Um, Now could intermediaries have discussed this, you know, with his agent or with other people and maybe some friendly conversations between shot and urban just, hypotheticals possibly but i don't think correct there's
4: There's no formal interview i get no but i I
5: don't think there's been i mean Sean basically said there's been no more no formal discussions with him being offered a job or that the job is his if he wants it
4: no or anything like that but there's probably been a few uh lobs of the basketball to see if he wants to dunk it or not by saying hey what if this happened would you have any interest at all down the road now we have a whole process to go through what would you be interested in in it if it's, that's the case?
5: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's how these, most of these things work with all right. of them. And, and usually it's not with the individual directly. It can be through as the agent or other people. And, and so there's secondary conversations going on. Yeah, but
4: normally you don't know the guy. He knows the guy. So you think they've actually talked specifically about I'm sure about- they've talked. And maybe not specifically about what would it take to get you there. How long do you need your staff? What do you, you know that kind of thing? But they probably have said something along the lines: Hey, you know, down the road, if this thing changes over, would you be interested in coming to Jacksonville? And now, nah, if he says no, then it doesn't get out. But he didn't probably didn't say no because I know he's interested. He's interested in it. He'd be foolish not to be interested in it. And that's a and by the way, that's a compliment to Shad that he would be interested in it. You got a good owner who willing to spend money will spend the money. And you have a ton of cap room and all that draft capital. That's a compliment. To have a name like Urban Meyer linked to the team is a compliment to the organization, and a compliment to Shad Khan. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I still think there's a lot of work to
5: be done on that. And you mentioned a couple things. I mean, and we said it last week on the show. I mean, there's no doubt, no questioning that Urban Meyer is a successful coach, head coach. Um, he's never been a coordinator before. He is a you know, he is a leader. He's a CEO type of coach that is a great motivator, a great organizer. He can put things together. He knows what it looks like. So those are all super positive. Now, he's the only done at the college level, never done it in the NFL. And I think you just gotta ask a lot of questions of, you know who the staff is going to be, How would you put it together? what's the, your philosophy and all those different things. And then the big question is, is this something that he really wants to do? I mean, because, it's hard to win in the NFL. I mean, at Ohio State and Florida, I mean, you have eight to 10 wins booked when you wake up before the season starts. And you have better players on your team than everyone out than most of your opponents. That's not the case in the NFL. You wake up with zero wins. Go ask the Rams and the Browns who played the, the Jets who nobody in the world, not one bookmaker, Vegas, nobody thought Pete Presco didn't think it, the Browns or the Rams would lose to the Jets. And that's just, but that's the nature of the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL. I mean, you had the Jaguars who hadn't won in 14 weeks with the ball with five minutes left in the football game and a chance to take the lead against a playoff team.
4: I mean, it's just hard. And is Urban Meyer want to go down that path. But well, not only that, it's hard to win in the NFL on a week-by-week basis, but it's hard to win when you can't recruit the best players. Right. That's, I mean, you, have to, you have to have a whole
5: player procurement strategy. What's your strategy? You have to get that
4: right. Because, I, okay, here, I'll give you a name. I, I mentioned Matt Campbell, and, and, and Matt Rule's another one. And people say, well, why are they different when you look at them than maybe Urban Meyer? And the reason it's different is this. Urban Meyer goes to Florida, and he gets whatever the heck he wants in terms of players. Look at that team he had there. They were loaded with NFL players. Now, some of them were probably uh, loaded with other stuff as well, but that's a whole other issue. Because remember, that team was loaded, had a lot of problems, and there was a lot of issues. But he got the players there. He went to Ohio State. He got the players there. You look at Matt Campbell. He went to Iowa State. (laughs) That was a, it was a doormat, And he somehow has turned that team into a winner. And it's been a couple years of being a winner. That tells you he can coach. He can take what he gets and what he has and coach. Whereas when you look at Urban, maybe he can just recruit. You don't know if he can coach. Because it's a big difference, Tony. You made the point the NFL. You're not getting the top guys at every position. Everybody's not a five-star. You can't just line up seven five-stars and say, away we go. And that's the difference between a guy like Matt and Matt Campbell, and Urban Meyer. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying it's a lot easier when you, when you do it the way those guys do it. Pete, let me, push back, I
5: mean, let me push back on you a little bit there because I'm not sure I agree with you from standpoint. Urban Meyer won at Bowling Green, not getting the best players. Went to Utah. What was Utah before he got there? It wasn't a high-profile job or anything else. Went undefeated and won a bowl game against Alabama
4: true and that and, and again early in his career that's who I think he was but you know how guys get later in their career when they well, just he, kind of he didn't forget how to coach Pete
2: yeah I mean, I, did, all of a sudden he forgot I, I what he, he learned you know what this, I
4: mean though but I, I just think that it, it's a lot easier to recruit to those schools and win than it is to go to those I mean yeah he did a great job yeah I was a big proponent you can ask Franji I was a, before Franji even knew who Urban Meyer was we were on the show together back in the day, and I said, Urban Meyer would be a great hire for Florida. And he went, he didn't even know who he was. I said, go watch him. He's done a great job at Utah. And I, thought, and I still think he was a heck of a coach. All I'm saying is it's a lot easier to win when you're recruiting than it is when you get to the NFL and everybody has the level playing field. Yeah, I guess
5: my bigger issue, I'm not, it's, that's definitely something you want to investigate and look into. I just look at the off-the-field stuff. From a standpoint of health, and is this something he really wants to do? I mean, because he's two, the last two places he's been at, he left because of health issues, and I don't know what they were—if they're stress-related or what. But I'll never forget, and it was scary when you watched him on the Ohio State uh, sideline that one time, it, like basically pass out, correct, or go down down to a knee or whatever happened. And and so the big question is: Is this something he really wants to do? And is he really, you know? of the stress in the work. I mean, he, is he ready to go from the Cush Fox job that he has, which is a great job. he does an outstanding job on TV and everything else and pay, making a bunch of money, but you're working about 10 to 20 hours or 30 hours a week, whatever it is to now going back and saying, everyone's second guessing everything you're doing and putting a hundred hours a week in and, and just the grind. It's a hard job. It's not an easy job. And, if, and he's had issues is- in the past.
4: Yeah, and the other thing is, is he has never been an X's and O's guy, so he's got to hire good coaches underneath him. He's that's a, right. And and you know you're right though. You we've said this before that that position in the NFL and anywhere you've got to be able to oversee everything. You don't have to be an X's and O's guy. You can, but if you hire the right people, you're okay. If you don't hire the right people underneath you, then that's a problem. And so that that would be the key to me. If I was if I were going to talk to Urban, I'd say okay, Urban. Who's coming to be your offensive coordinator? Who's coming to be your defensive coordinator? Because you're neither. He's neither one.
2: Here's another question. Yeah, because that's yeah. And one. And one that's more
4: to drive right to who, what type of
5: players you go get. Yeah. Are you are you going to go get a zone? Or are you going to go get an offensive coordinator like believes in what Shanahan does or McVeigh? So you're heavy zone, play action pass, move the pocket. Well, then you better go get the right type of guys in the quarterback and everyone who can do that. Or are you going to be more of a drop back? You know, gap scheme, downhill run, power. You know, type of situation. I mean, both work, by the way. There's not a right answer. It's no. Both work, but you just got to know which one you're getting because you have to go get the right coaches, the right staff, and the right players to fit into that scheme. Are you any know of what these. Should do? What
4: you should do is get Trevor Lawrence when he drafts him, and then he can sign Tebow, and then on third down, he can put oh, Tebow in at quarterback and run
2: the some run. Hell plays out of here. <laughs> Pete, of all people.
4: <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Of
2: all people. Pete Prisco, bringing him up. Hey, is there any other credence? How about these other jobs that are open? Are any of those places closer to winning than the Jaguars are? And would a guy like Urban Meyer consider one of those, like the Chargers, for example, Pete?
5: Yeah, I think the Chargers, I mean, now you don't have the same ownership that that you do here in Jacksonville. I mean, probably the willingness to spend the dollars that – I think Shad's willing to spend in free agency and everything else. But as far as attractiveness, they do have cap space. They don't have the draft capital that the Jaguars do.
2: They have the quarterback.
5: They have the quarterback. They have the pass rusher, two of the most important pieces of any team. And they have. And all, and they
4: should have Derwin James coming back in the back the, of the secondary to become that's the right. playmaker back there. So, yeah, so, that job and it's L.A., Tony. I mean, let's be real. There's a big we We love Jacksonville. But there's a big difference between Jacksonville and LA. Yeah,
5: you know what the difference is is twelve percent of your income's <laughs> going to the state taxes. Right, right. <laughs> that's right.
4: But you're also playing you're also playing in a brand new uh facility that's that's just not like, your stadium, you're the second
5: tenant. It you're, doesn't
4: matter, it's your stadium, it's just like the giant stadium or the, well, never was the jet stadium. Uh, I know, they,
5: but, but are you not is right now, I'm not saying can't change the chargers are the second fiddle in LA to the Rams.
4: Correct, but the question is, with that quarterback, will they be for long? Maybe not. Well, that, that, there you go. And it's just like, oh, who? Everybody in the national media, who wants to go to Jacksonville? It's a dump. It's a, da, 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 da. If they win, and Trevor Lawrence is what you think he is, everybody will want to go there. Like you said, no state income tax. There's the beaches. It's a great town. It's, it, are you kidding me? It would be terrific if they win. It's all about winning. Period.
2: All right, guys, let's come back. General manager talk when we return. And a little later, Lawrence or Fields? I'm sure Pete watched the Sugar Bowl the other night. We'll get his thoughts on that. Moving ahead, second hour coming up in a little bit, your social questions. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
0: without notice. Equal housing opportunity.
8: Hi, folks. Frank Franja here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. Fifteen locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
9: At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat, more cheese, more veggies, more quality, more taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash. Made fresh. Dailies.
1: Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a yield pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com jagscard TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
7: Floridians know what it means to stand together. That's why Florida Blue is committed to the people of Florida by providing health care with lower costs and higher quality. Enroll within 60 days of life-changing events, such as losing your job, to get benefits like plans as low as $0 a month and up to $500 per year towards your premiums and wellness rewards. Call 1-800-750-0164 or visit floridabluecom slash care today. Florida Blue is a trade name of Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Florida Incorporated. These health benefit plans have limitations and exclusions.
2: Hey, it's the Good Greek Spiro, and I am proud to announce that Good Greek Moving and Storage is now the official mover of your Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are making all of the
7: right moves, and you should too. So when it's time for you to move, do it like the Jags or call the Good Greek. Simply dial star star Greek from your cell or go to goodgreek.com. That's goodgreek.com.
2: Good Greek Moving and Storage, official movers of Jacksonville Jaguars. Good Greek
10: Moving and Storage, your superhero movers.
0: Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by Dreamfinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco, visit adecousa.com.
3: I've gone through the rite of, rite of passage, okay, as a new owner coming into the league, you know, the advisors, consultants, whatever. So, you know, we did that. Uh, This time around, I think I have a much better sense myself. So, you know, I'm the key decision maker, but we do have people at the team, at the Jaguars. I mean, um, you know, Mark Lamping would be one who will be working with these people. So, um, you know, they will be involved from that viewpoint. But, uh, you know, when it comes to who the key decision maker is going to be, I mean, you're looking at it.
2: Jaguars owner Shot Khan today, when asked who is involved in the hiring process. And welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans, JP Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco. The Jags have parted ways with head coach Doug Marone. That was this morning. And Jaguars owner Shad Khan. Spoke to the media just about an hour and a half after that happened, around 10.30 today. So now the GM and the head coach jobs are open. We've uh, touched on the head coaching opportunity and a lot of the same ideas, I'm sure, Pete, in the GM world. We saw a lot of early names, and then we didn't see many names last week or so. Um, it felt like, you know, they were interviewing some of the people that were outside the building, outside the league at the moment to get those at least done before they can go on to the list of people I'm sure they have that is in the National Football League. Pete, that's probably how this is working.
4: Well, yeah, and I think it it has a lot to do with if you hired somebody like Urban Meyer, you got to hire somebody that he knows to work with him. And that's I think that's the way that's going to go. If it's um, somebody else, you want them linked together. Yes, and I said this a lot of times. I think Ryan Cowden and Arthur Smith in Tennessee, Adam Peters and Robert Sala in San Francisco, uh, you know Eric Bieniemy and Borgonzi in you know Kansas City. There's usually ties with these guys, and it makes a lot of sense to try and keep guys that know each other working together. It's clear Shad Conway was not happy. What was going on between head coach and front office the last couple of years? There seems to be a major disconnect there. And if that's the case, he wants to bring him back in. It's better to have people that know each other and are familiar with each other.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I think the sense I get, Pete, is that this is going to be, you know, more of a strong head coach model. And when I say that, not that the head coach has final say and everything. And and let me start by saying this. If who has final say over the 53-man roster is ever an issue, then you have the wrong people. I agree. I mean, let's just get there. Because everyone's like, who has final say over the 53? Who cares? Because if you get the right people and they're aligned, you'll figure it out. And you'll be on the same page. But the
4: coach should always have control over the game day roster. 100%. They're coaching the guys. I mean, give me a break. Yes. Right. Right. No doubt about it. And so
5: um, so I think – with that said, I do believe that the head coach, whoever it is, was Urban or one of these other fifty candidates out there, you know, the Robert Salas, the Eric B. enemies the, you know, whoever, Arthur Smith's, you know, you know, a Pat Fitzgerald up in Northwestern, you know, maybe why not call Lincoln Riley at Wisconsin? I would Oklahoma, who's a would. great offensive mind. I would too. Um, whoever that is. I don't think, I'm not sure they're going to pick the GM, but I think Shad and and everyone else in the process wants to make sure they're comfortable with the GM. Like, I'll go back to when the 49ers, they were probably the first and the latest of teams that have done this, and there's been others. The Browns did it last year with Stefanski. When they hired Kyle Shanahan, they then went out and were interviewing GMs, and they wanted to make sure Kyle was comfortable with the GMs, and that's how, was one of the reasons that, John Lynch got the job. I mean, one, he's very capable, smart, good football guy. But also because of the because that it's not like they had a deep relationship, Kyle and John, but they knew each other, and Kyle was very comfortable with John being the GM because they were going to be tied together. They both they when they signed their deals, they both signed I think five or six year deals, whatever it was. Because the message is, you guys are in this together. You win together, you lose together. or there's complete alignment. But I do think. Um, and so I think what Shad said, this is going to be done simultaneously. I think the way I heard that, kind of read, you know, kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit, is whoever's first, my guess is, if I was guessing, it's going to be the coach first with a list of GMs that Shad likes and kind of getting input, like, what do you think about these guys?
11: Um,
8: you know, do you so know it,
5: these guys? Do you know any yeah, of these guys? Could you work with these guys? What do right. you think? And maybe it goes as far as, now I'm just, I mean, I'm, we're all, it's, this is all conjecture, you know, once you hire the coach, hey, you're our guy, why don't you come have a conversation with these three guys? We're good with any of these three guys. Let's see who you're comfortable with. Or and that's kind like of the ones. way it
4: happened, Tony, that's kind of the way it happened with Shanahan. Shanahan was hired. No, you no 100%. Terry McDonough, was exactly. going- Terry McDonough was going to get that job at one point. He was the second choice, and then – I think he was much more comfortable or Kyle was more comfortable with Lynch. And that's why he right. got the job. Brandon Bean got the job in Buffalo. That's a perfect because example. Now Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Well, the, uh,
5: in Cleveland, they hired Stefanski first and then
4: uh, Andrew, uh, Barry.
5: Once, Andrew Barry, because Stefanski they, was comfortable with it. They got along. They saw the same, they saw it the same way. And then they hired him as the GM. And so, Forget the timing, because I don't know which is going to come first. I'm not saying it even matters as much. But the bottom line is, I think what Sean's saying
4: is he wants to make sure those two guys are in together, their alignment. Well, what what these guys are all showing now is the old model of general manager gets hired, and then he hires whoever the heck he wants as a coach is kind of passe a little bit now. It's not the way it is all the time anymore. Well, because, the, da-
5: the yeah, I, I agree with you, Pete. And I think one of the, I don't want to say dangerous, but one of the downsides of that model is, if you do that then the and you've said it before on the show because you're right GM's feel like they get two cycles of coaches. Correct. And so guess what if it's not working out <laughs> with the first guy it's easy to kind of throw him under the bus right fire him and go get your next guy. And, Correct.
2: And, and you know what helps we though, saw that. is that this the new idea of thinking is also winning. If it wasn't winning there wouldn't be any other teams doing it the new way. Correct. Coach
5: well but 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 teams I mean there's teams that win I mean the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a GM forever, right? And they've but, gone through GMs. And, I mean,
2: they
4: right. They, right. It's they not like Tomlin,
5: Col- Tom, Kevin Colbert. Yeah, Mike it's Tomlin like Tom brought Colbert in
4: with them. I mean, was, Col- and and here's the other thing: it works both ways. But Tony's right; it makes it a lot easier to blow them all out if you stink after three years. Because you look at Thomas Dimitrov hired two coaches in Atlanta. He had Smitty, and he had he had Dan Quinn. Then he stayed. Smitty went. Then they both went the second time, and that's usually the way it is. You get two coaches, but when you come in together, there's going to be nobody to – they're all going to be blamed, so they'll all get out. And Pete, I like that better. Me too.
5: Because, like, first of all, the only way it works if the GM and the head coach are on the same page. Like, any petty infighting about this guy, and the worst thing you can have, again, in my opinion, is where you have the personnel guys, the GM and scouts, trying to be coaches and saying, oh, we got you good guys, you're not coaching them right. Or the coaches being the personnel guys saying, we're coaching them, you guys got us the wrong guy. When everyone has buy-in in the process and everyone's on the same page, I mean, human nature is like, hey, we're in this together, let's figure
4: it out together. And the other thing about that model is, and it's general manager hiring a coach, and they are working the well together, and it's working for a while, everything's fine, but when it starts unraveling, they start throwing He's knives. Pointing right the fingers like, hey, it's you. Yeah, it's, it's like, right. hey, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's a knife in his back and another one in his back, and all leaks right there, and it gets ugly. That's right.
2: All right, let's come back, guys. We will get Pete Frisco's breakdown of the All State Sugar Bowl. Ohio State, Clemson, a great quarterback battle. and We'll see if his position has swayed on the number one overall pick. Actually, he answered it earlier. No, it hasn't. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
0: Without notice, equal housing opportunity.
12: The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F 150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford built for the holidays.
0: Hey Jags fans, did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and valet park it for free? That's right. Stop by our bicycle check-in tent, sponsored by Alert Today Florida, near Gate 1 at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty ZenCog Bike Professional will park your bike and ensure it's secured during the game. When the game's over, return your claim ticket and pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, alert today, alive tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident.
10: You're working from home. So, how do you connect with coworkers and clients? With Ring Central, the number one global communication solution for business, Ring Central makes talking, texting, collaborating, and video calls easy. And it's all on one platform. And when we say everyone should be connected, we mean it. It's why we're giving Ring Central free to educators, health providers, and nonprofits. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Welcome to the new Ring Central.
2: Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your
6: clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com.
2: Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Briscoe, Tony Buselli. Your social questions coming up in the second hour of the program. Busy day today. Doug Marone out as the Jaguars head coach after four-plus seasons. And Jaguars owner Shad Khan spoke today. We'll hear from uh, Shad coming up throughout the show. The full Video conference available on com as we speak. This is the first time, guys, we have all been together on a program since the All-State Sugar Bowl. The other night, Pete, uh, Trevor Lawrence for Clemson, Justin Fields threw six touchdown passes for Ohio State in that game and showed a lot of grit, taking a, a massive hit on his side and staying in the game, coming back in, probably getting shot up and and then playing through some things and really put together a big performance Uh, You said earlier you're still on Trevor Lawrence 1,000%, but what did Fields do for you the other night in in New Orleans?
4: Well, I like what I saw with his toughness. I mean, the kid came back and played, and he he stood in there and he made throws. But uh, I'm going to look at it from a, a more practical standpoint. Clemson can't rush the passer. He stood back there at all day. And on the other side, Clemson's offensive line, Can't protect the passer. Trevor Lawrence got beat up good in that game. They ran a lot of shots.
2: I don't know why they run him so much.
4: And and the other thing is, he threw for 400 yards, and you would have thought he was uh, 12 of 50 for 180, the way people were talking. He's the clear-cut number one pick. And by the way, I'm not so sure Zach Wilson's not going to go ahead of, of Justin Fields. And give Fields credit. He did a really nice job. But if you had put those two on different teams on each of the other teams, it would have been Lawrence that would have had the big day, the monster day and not Fields. So and here's the other thing. Everybody's putting into one game, putting all oh fields, look at fields. He had two really bad games. He wasn't good in the Big Ten championship game and he was horrible against Indiana. Yep. Two of the better teams he played this year. So. Um, we'll see this week, next week when he plays Alabama on Monday night, we'll see what he can do I'm sure that defense stinks too, he'll probably light them up as well, <laughs> but he's not Trevor Lawrence, and for anybody to try and make the claim that he is is ridiculous and Jaguar fans got their wish, he isn't playing another game <laughs> that's One and the done. Thing that could happen one and done I mean that's the best case scenario
5: <laughs> I mean but, so here's the thing, there's no doubt that Justin Fields had the better game. I mean, he looked like the better quarterback on the field for that one night. Um, and Twitter went crazy saying, oh, there's a question. You know, and I saw Pete you bouncing back and forth against people. Um, it's one game. You go back and Pete said, you look at the two previous games before that, Fields was not very good at all. And I think you have to look at the total body of work. Um, and I think clearly, in my opinion, I, I don't want to watch a lot more film on him. That right now, Trevor Lawrence is clearly the number is the guy above Justin Fields. And to Pete's point on on Zach Wilson, there's a, I've heard in multiple places now, multiple people are higher on Zach Wilson than than Justin Fields as well. So um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, and I think as you approach this process, whoever the head coach is and whoever the GM is you really have to discipline yourself to go in with an open mind and basically starting all of them at ground zero and go let the film, go let the combine, go let the interviews, go let the personal workout days determine who you feel like is the best quarterback. Um, I do think it's dangerous going in and saying, well, Trevor Lawrence is the guy, you know, he's our guy. I don't think you can do that. I think you really have to have the discipline to start from ground zero in this process with the quarterback. Well, I'll do it.
4: He's the guy. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's the kind of but the point, know, Pete. Did, because hold disagree, on. If Pete, he's if he's been the no, guy for so three he, years already, then how is one or two games going to change that?
5: It's no, not. You're missing my point, JP. I'm not yeah. saying any games. I'm not saying that the game changed anything for how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. My point is they're gonna play a national title game. Justin Fields is. Uh, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are done. Great. At the end of it, now the job of the GM in the personnel department and probably the coach, because it's a big decision. You need to go start watching tape of all these guys, and you need to go watch as many games as you can get your hands on. And you need to be prepped and going in, and and then you go into the combine, and you need to have your list of questions and what you want to do, and you need to sit down with each of them and get them on the board. And then you need to go watch them throw. Now, they probably none of them will probably throw at the combine, so that's fine. But then you're going to go have their pro day and you need to go sit there and watch how they perform there. And then you need to go in and start doing your homework behind the scenes with the strength coach at their college, the trainers, you know, their long lost, you know, girlfriend and family members. And you need to go do work and understand what you're getting because you're investing a lot. My point is, you have to start from a, a, a level playing field for all of them when you start this process. It's zero. And then you no. judge them the and level,
4: you work the your way up. Field, The level playing field has been played out over three games at eight level, over three seasons. It's not level. It starts I, with – Pete, I think you're right. You're missing the point. I no, I'm not. To... I understand. You're saying, okay, so let's go, and you put Lawrence on the board, and um, and he's good on the board, but you find out that he dissed his sixth-grade student to a friend or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, well, I get it, Tony. You Pete, I'm not, all,
5: I'm not saying all the metrics are, are weighted
4: evenly. Obviously what the way deter you from taking to, right now. What would possibly other than the fact that he was arrested or had drug problem, what would deter you from taking him? Based on what I know, I've not
5: watched one tape of Zach Wilson. I've never seen him play.
4: You've seen and him so, play on TV
5: and stuff. No. And I haven't. I haven't you watched haven't? BYU this year, BYU no. this year. I've not. He's good, so, he's
4: intriguing, but there's no competition between the two of them. So I I mean,
5: I think I agree hundred percent with you. I'm just saying. You have to go through the process so you don't make a mistake. It's no different what the Colts did. when I mean, everyone thought Peyton Manning was the first pick. And then there were some questions because Ryan Leaf came on late His that one year he had, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But the body of work would have told you Peyton Manning, but Ryan Leaf came on hot. And I remember hearing interviews with Bill Point. He went into the process and did the work and went through
4: everything. At the end of it, landed on Peyton Manning. And he was close That's to taking Ryan Leaf, by the way. He, he won't ever admit that, but he was. I know that he was. But, again, you're talking about two guys that ended up being very close. With, with This process is almost over in terms of watching the tape, and it's not close. I don't care if Justin Fields goes and throws for 550 next week against Alabama and four more touchdowns. It's not close. Trevor Lawrence is the better player. Put on the entire body of work, and there's, there's two years at Ohio State – With Justin Fields, and now you have this, the three years for Trevor Lawrence. You put them on against each other, it's not close.
2: If he throws, if he throws, that's not to
4: say that Justin Fields can't be good or Zach Wilson can't be good. It's just this kid has going into the next year, he has extraordinary NFL talent.
2: If Fields throws for 550 and four touchdowns next week, they might still lose the national championship game as well. Well, We're yeah. When you,
4: when you get whoever you want to come to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> it's easy to win.
2: Roll Tide. Let's come back in a moment. Second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour, including your social questions, will go around the playoffs in the National Football League. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
0: change without notice equal housing opportunity
1: hey jaguars fans jack hannania jr here from jack Canania chevrolet buick gmc right now you can shop over 1200 used vehicles including over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles and vehicles starting as low as two thousand dollars that's right and i guarantee you no haggle pricing just our best price if you're looking for a quality pre-owned car truck or suv come see us in st augustine why buy from us? That's why. Example 2007. to CX-7 Sports. be for details.
7: Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're non-profit. So we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve.
12: You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubble's Flexible Service Car Wash start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach. And coming soon to Kernan and Atlantic. Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags!
10: At star we believe in better
12: Any repeated physical activity puts stress on the body. Checking your phone, getting in the car, sitting at your desk. Checking the phone, getting in your car, sitting at your desk. Checking your phone for the 50th time today. If you do anything with regularity, you should get massaged with regularity. Massage Envy. Keep your body working. Regular body work makes the body work with massage, skin care, and stretch. Come in today for more information or visit MassageEnvy.com for more details.
3: You don't want players going in and out or contracts given till you're aware of that. So, you know, striking the balance between, you know, delegation and abdication, I think is an important point. Uh, And certainly I found that in the last, whatever, 15 months, having that, you know, necessitates the conversation, you're part of the conversation with the GM and the head coach. So being part of that here, uh, you know, for the immediate future, I think, is important to me.
2: We're back, baby Jaguars happy hour. Second hour of the program, that's Jaguars owner Shad Khan discussing his role in the affairs of the football side coming up. He is the owner of the football team, and that's how it's going to be. The uh, GM and head coach will report directly to him, separately moving ahead. The process of finding out who those two will be is certainly already underway. Big news day today, of course. Head coach Doug Hey, JP, doesn't it sound like, sorry,
4: but doesn't it sound like he feels like he was left out of the loop?
2: It it does kind of feel that way, if you just kind of hear his tone a little bit, you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah, and
2: definitely. Not, not anymore. <laughs>
4: that won't be
2: the case moving ahead. If no, can help, but that's for sure. Uh, of course, this morning Doug Marone let go as the head coach after four seasons plus two games. They lost 15 straight to lose uh, to uh, the longest losing streak in franchise history, and finished one and 15 this year. So both jobs are open now: general manager and head coach, and there are some more. Names being linked and being requested, as re- reported as requested by the Jaguars coming out. Robert Sala was one of those just moments ago that we saw pop up as a name that uh, could be linked to the Jaguars' head coaching opening that they wanted permission to speak with. Arthur Smith in Tennessee, another one of those, Pete. So we're seeing more and more of these names. It's expected on a day like today when Mr. Kahn said that they were about to put that list in uh, this morning of requests.
4: And those are two guys they should talk to. Those are two very good football coaches. And and I've said that we know Robert Sala. He was around. He's a good coach. He's got the pass. He did a great job this year. And I think he'd be a heck of a head coach. Arthur Smith, I don't know. But I've called around the people and checked on them. Mm. And everybody I trusted in this league for a long time vouched for him highly. Mm. Works his butt off. Smart. Relates to the players. Understands what it takes. I think he would be another guy. I think both Sala and Arthur Smith are legitimate candidates, along with Eric Bien-Aimé. Um, You know, I would talk to, I would talk to Brian Dable. If you have a young quarterback coming in who's going to be a big, powerful thrower of the football, why not go talk to Brian Dable? Look what he did with Josh Allen. Look at that offense. They're playing the best football of anybody in the league right now, and that guy is <sighs> transformed his entire game. How long has Dable
5: uh, been at uh, Buffalo? What is
4: it now? Three, four years? He came with McDermott. He came with the McDermott. And so is it, is the
5: success there? Is it Dable? I mean, or is it Josh Allen and the quarterback coach and what he's doing on his own as well outside the building? And also, well, it's all they of added, it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And let's not forget, they added two key pieces this year with Stefan Diggs.
4: And Cole Beasley. But they also well, Beasley was there last year. But they also they also do this though, Tony. They th- they dictate tempo, and I think that's where Dable gets. Uh, i I'm,
5: I'm not saying he's not a good coach, Pete. I'm just saying, I always I worry about just going after the hot co- coordinator
11: because well, and, being and that, a good coordinator yes.
5: does not mean you're a good head coach. And I don't know Dable at all. I don't I, either. I would interview him, by the way. I'm with you there. I don't know Arthur Smith. I would interview him because I've heard good things about him as well. And I, and, and I know his, the head coach, Mike Vrabel. And if you're on Mike Vrabel's stack, you're a football guy. There's no doubt about that. Um, I do know Robert Sala. I think he'll be a great head coach. I really do. I think he has the makeup to do it. I would interview him. Um, I would also probably interview Eric Vietnemi. He's come from one that he's been under Andy Reid. A lot of Andy Reid's have had guys have had success in the NFL. He's one of the better head coaches. He, and he's a, he grooms guys and mentors guys. I think in a pretty interesting way because they have had success other places and a dynamic offensive mind. And so I'd interview uh, Eric Bieni as well. Um, and I, you know, I like. I think you should interview Urban Meyer. I would probably, if you're going to go to the college drinks, I would pick up the phone and see if Lincoln Riley is interested because I think I he's too. a really good young head coach, offensive minded. And uh, had success. There's drawbacks of getting a college guy because he doesn't know the NFL game, doesn't know the maybe the right staff to get together and everything else. So there are downside risks of to that, too. Um, but those are all
4: good names to go look into. But you know what, though, Tony? A lot of these young coaches that get jobs the first time, they don't get the right staff. You look at Zach Taylor. He's already happening to make changes on his staff. You look at, he's being forced to make those changes. You look at what John McVay did. He went to a Super Bowl, and then he fired Wade Phillips and and brought in both the new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator. So sometimes young coaches don't get the staff that they need to have right away, in large part because they can't, and because they don't know yet. And I think that's important to learn, too. So if you're talking about a college coach, yeah, he's not going to have NFL guys, but or he's familiar with, and he might have to make a change after a couple years. But again, if you get the right guy, it all like the Rams have the right guy in Sean McVay. It took him; they went to the Super Bowl, but it took him to realize that maybe he could only get so far with Wade Phillips. I thought it was a crazy move, but look at their defense now. It's been really good with that new defensive coordinator. So, I think it makes sense sometimes to go get the right head coach. I'd talk to Lincoln Riley. I'd call Matt Campbell. I'd call Pat Fitzgerald. I'd call all those guys and talk to them. Yeah, I don't think it hurts at all. I agree with
2: you. I mean, this is the time to do it. I mean, this is, and, and should I said it today, There's they're going to cast, cast the wide net and, and do all their due diligence they can and make sure they have the right guys in here. So You know what I
4: would do too, JP? Yeah, Pete. I'd bring them all in and I'd pick the hell out of their brains. And the ones I did hire, I'd go how about this? We got this from that during our interview. There's some good ideas here. I'd I'd want to hear everything that they had to tell me if, if, you know, when a coach comes in, when a coach comes in for an interview, he should have pull out his envelope and have his entire three coaching staffs already there. This is who I would hire as my coordinator. If I can't get him, here's number two. If I can't get him, here's number three. Same with the all the way down, every position down. And then, you know what, if you, while you're doing your interviews, if you say, Hey, everybody had this wide receiver coach, why don't we go get him? when you get the guy who's hired. So I think you can learn and, and glean information off of those interviews as well.
2: Everybody will have a plan, uh, right? Everybody should yeah, have a plan. I would
4: keep – I would. by the way, I would put – if I'm Shad Khan in that building because that staff is getting blown out too, let's not forget, I would consider Joe T. Camillus to stay around as my special teams coach and I would consider keeping Keenan. I think I think both those guys are good enough that they could warrant being on somebody else's staff,
2: Mr. Kahn I mean, said Today Tony, that all the all the assistants are still uh, on on deals right now, but the new head coach will make that decision. Yes,
4: I get it, Tony. but I would I would try and if I'm a new coach coming in, I think Keenan's done a good job with the wide receivers. I think that Jody D. Camillus has been a long time successful special teams coach in this league.
2: Sorry, you to agree, you. Tony? Tony?
5: No, I think I think Joe D. one of the best. Especially, I mean, go look at it around the league. I mean. The way they perform and and what he gets out of his guys, I think he's one of the best coordinators in, in all of football. Uh, and I do think Keenan's done a good job. You know, obviously I'm biased with Keenan; he's a former teammate. I think highly of him. So um, I do think he's done a good job with that group.
2: All right, GM interviews. Uh, go ahead, Pete. Sorry.
4: No, by the way, I loved it after the game yesterday. Keenan talking to Philip Rivers, <laughs> former teammate. <laughs> thrill right. River's still playing. That's right. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. How many How
5: many years does he have left, O'B? Did
4: you watch that game yesterday? Yeah, that throw in the middle of the field that Wingard picked off. Oh my god!
5: But he just has some of his balls. He does not get much zip on that ball anymore, does he?
4: Not the deep out. He does it, but he's smart enough to know where to go with it. Though he'll, he can still make plays. They struggled yesterday, man.
2: Yeah, it also helps when you but, run for two hundred and seventy yards.
5: That does help. That creates a, makes it a much easier
4: game. But with all those yards, I mean, it was a 2014 game with five minutes left. It's almost like they went they went dormant. For, you know how sometimes you get a big lead and you go dormant? They went dormant. Then they looked up and they go, uh-oh. <laughs> don't you think?
5: I don't know what happened, but they struggled the whole second half. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything. I mean, they got the big play out of Jonathan Taylor to make it 28-14. But outside of that, they did nothing.
4: Do you? Uh, this is one I saw today. PFF put their all rookie team together. They oh. put Jonathan Taylor on it ahead of James Robinson,
5: but well, he ended up with
2: more yards. More yards. Yeah.
5: Yeah. More yards per attempt. What would you
2: take? <laughs> oh. Woo That's oh, close. Oh dear.
4: Tough. That that twenty eight looked like twenty eight. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor was good
5: yesterday. He's been really good the back half of this year.
4: What's for a guy that's pretty good size? His forty time, he, I forget what his forty time was, but he plays a lot faster, I think, than he clocked. I thought he was like a four four guy at the combine. Yeah, but I mean, he's not Fred Taylor speed though. Well, Fred's four three, four two. But don't oh, you remember four two eight? I think is what four two nine is what yeah, he clocked at his road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow. uh, insane. At two thirty.
2: Wow. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor a four three nine.
4: Yeah, Taylor's
5: a fast guy. He can fly.
4: That's a good that's a good looking back and and uh and he look, doesn't have the he doesn't have the lateral movement that Fred had. No. no. He doesn't have the speed that Fred had. He doesn't have the lateral movement that
2: Fred had. How about this, by the way? Uh, we'll We'll get to the league and the playoffs and all that a little bit later. But all time in the NFL, there were what thirteen two hundred fifty yard plus rushing days. all time, there were none in the same season until yesterday, when there were two. Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor both went over two fifty yesterday. And, and both against us. <laughs>
5: well,
3: no, Henry no, did no, it yesterday. It was the
4: Titans. Yeah. He went to yesterday. There were two of them. Oh, I'm right. I Again, against against the deep. Texans, yeah, I, yeah,
2: he only went I'm for sorry. like two thirty right. against the Jaguars. Tony, okay, he didn't go two fifty.
5: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry.
2: You're right. Either way, it's a big he, day.
5: He's yeah. had a
4: great year, Derek Henry. I got to give him his props. Yep. Two
5: thousand yards. Is he? Is he in the? Uh,
4: MVP uh, conversation. No, out? but he's he's in the offensive player of the year conversation. Mm. I mean that's unreal. And he went. He, had he to had go 371 big. carries. Right. How much more does he have on that body? They beat the daylights out of the
2: guy. Right. And he had to go big in a big game when it mattered to go get to 2002, and he did it and did it big in week 17. Good stuff. So let's unreal. come back. Not good because it's in the division, but uh, good for Derrick Henry at least. Let's come back. <laughs> Social questions, Tony's favorite segment, the last time Tony will have to answer social questions on this show this year. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Hi folks, Frank Franja here
8: for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
9: At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Dailies, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat. More cheese. More veggies. More quality. More taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash. Made fresh. Dailies.
7: This is Dr. Patrick Basil of Basil Plastic Surgery and Wellness. I'm a proud veteran of the U.S. Navy, and during my active duty
0: time, I had the amazing privilege to serve our country and those who were wounded in combat. Helping my patients return to a normal life, I was able to provide an unparalleled level of care, which I've carried over to my own private practice today. As the official plastic surgeon of the Jaguars, I invite you to visit us at patrickbasilmd.com, and would like to wish the Jags best of luck in today's game. Jaguars fans, game day is back. And this year we've teamed up with Jameson to add another win to your week with official Jaguars and Jameson branded collectible stadium cups. They're only available for a limited time in the Jacksonville metro area. So grab yours today, pour a smooth Jameson ginger and lime and cheer on the Jags with Jameson. Taste responsibly. Jameson Irish Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. 80 proof. Product of Ireland. Copyright 2020. Imported by John Jameson Import
6: Company. New York, New York.
0: Jaguar's Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good.
2: Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, second hour of the program, the final program of the 2020 season. JP Shadrick, Pete Frisco, and Tony Bazzelli. Time now for social questions. Each Monday, we put the bat signal out early in the day. Here's what we come up with today. It's the questions and answers you got to have. Can't miss. You're going to miss them for the next six months because we won't have a show. Let's get to number one. Uh, From at hodari 11 if Pete and Tony were put in charge of the GM head coach search, what qualifications are most important to you in deciding who you want for each position? Best Jags radio show and to health and happiness in the new year.
6: Go ahead, Tony. Tony. So, um, so as a head coach,
5: what? So just one. I, I, it's hard to say one quality or qualification um, because I think it narrows it. Like you could say, oh, you have to have head coaching experience in the past. Well, that doesn't always guarantee that you know success in the future. There's been plenty. Uh, if that was the Rams' philosophy, you wouldn't have got Sean McVay. Who is a, you know is one of the better young co- head coaches in in all four or Matt
4: Lafleur or Sean
5: McDermott? That's right. So um, I think you have to, so if you're talking about qualifications, I, I'm not sure. Is it personality type? Is it style? Is it anything? Because there's a lot of styles that have that have won in the NFL and different philosophies. And so is, if I'm looking, at, I think you've got to have a feel that, and it's hard for me to really quantify what the one quality is. But I think leadership. For both positions are the most important to me. Can you lead an organization? Can you lead a team? And what does that mean? So then you have to start diving into what are the characteristics that you want out of these individuals. I mean, I I think it's it's around um, you know you want to make sure you got somebody who has some integrity, meaning what they say and what they believe is is played out in their overall lives and how they treat people and everything else. I think that's critical. Um, I think they have to be able to command respect meaning they go into a room and you and you all and we all know these people i mean you've all seen them when uh, individuals walk in the room they they just there's something about them that you say this guy or this gal is a leader and people are going to follow them i think you know you want to understand um i do think one of the qualities of the head coach i want to make sure is they have to have a clear plan on the offensive side of the ball of how they're going to develop the quarterback and what does that look like and what is their philosophy around that? I think that's also critical. But, you know, if you just if it's just one quality or one qualification, I don't think there's a qualification because um, if you look at, like, um, scouts who've been successful at organizations and were really good, I mean, and I'm not, I don't want to take a shot at Dave Caldwell, but Dave Caldwell was at Atlanta and they had a lot of success. He worked on Bill Polian, who's one of the, is a Hall of Fame GM, and he, it didn't work out. So is the qualification of being around somebody or on a uh, around somebody great who's done it or a great organization, is that a qualification that makes sense? I don't think so. And so leadership to me is the number one qualification. You have to hire a leader because if you look at both of these roles, the head coach is more about just X's and O's. And that's why I think Urban Meyer is a real good, is a candidate you take seriously because it's not just about um, X's and O's and being able to draw on the board. If you're a head coach, now as a coordinator, you be able to do, better be able to do that. But as a head coach, you better be able to lead an organization. You better be able to manage people. You better be able to organize them. You better be able to get them all on the same page, going in the same direction. Um, and the same with the GM, because there's just because you're a good scout and good at uh, identifying personnel or evaluating personnel, that doesn't mean you're going to be a good GM. We've seen countless scouts who were very successful where they were and just fail miserably as GMs. Why is it? because they don't have the leadership to lead a team or an organization. And that is critical. That's the difference in any business where the difference between an individual contributor who is outstanding at what they do, whether it's in sales or whatever, doesn't always translate to be the best manager or leader of a team because they don't have those, those
4: qualities. I agree. And I put it in a different terms than leadership. I'll put it in terms of if you're gonna hire a coach He's got to be able to come into a room and take grown men and treat them as grown men, but also be able to instill discipline and a work ethic. And that's the fine line. We've seen many a coach, a guy I know well in your building, came in there, and they go too far at first. And then it can become fractured and frayed, and you have to kind of pull it back together. I think... That's the toughest challenge for any coach in the NFL is to be able to come in and instill discipline because you don't you don't want to have problems. So you instill the discipline, the work ethic, and yet you still get to treat them like grown men. And that's a hard, fine line to straddle. And Tony, you've been around it. You know, Tom, that thing was coming unglued there early in his career there in Jacksonville. It was coming unglued in, in New York, but he was smart enough to kind of Pull it back in. If you could start that way and get in there, same thing, uh, by the way, Brian Flores in Miami. Early in his tenure in Miami, that thing was coming unglued a little bit. It was being, it was, you know, but he brought it back in. Ideally, you got to be able to treat grown men as men and yet still instill discipline and a work ethic. Show up, do your damn job, do it the best of your ability, stay out of trouble, and I will treat you with respect. That's what well,
5: still. Well, and I think one of the things and especially with today's players, I think it's always been like this. I think it's like all of humanity's been like this. But today's players especially with this generation, you have to be able to build a relationship with players. Because if you don't have a relationship with your players and they, they don't believe you care about them, then they don't care about what you say. And that is critical. And so that's all about relationships. So you better have a leader who has the ability to understand today's player which is about relationship. It's about respect, giving respect, receiving respect. It's about instilling a um, a set of um, standards and keeping everyone accountable to that. But the way to do that, you have to build a relationship because people care much less about what you say than, uh, and much more about what you do and how you make them feel. And what And, and, and so that is so important. And I think you've seen it here. We've seen players, top-end players, that they lost. Because they didn't want to be here anymore, and I think a lot of that is about relationship and be able to build those relationships, maintain those relationships, because you'll get more out of your players that
2: way. Yeah, and, 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 I, Shad, agree. and I mean this is actually the,
5: the day is no longer here where
4: you can just dictate the players That's do right. this or else.
2: Yeah, and players, right, players, Nit, that doesn't work nitpicky, anymore.
4: nitpicky, stupid rules that have no bearing on whether you win or lose. That's right. That that stuff is is outdated and archaic. But the rule that will never die no matter who the coach is is show up be on time do your damn work and stay the hell out of trouble that's the most important thing come if you come into my building and tony used to get there what six o'clock to start the day when you used to go in there on a on a on a wednesday you are there from six until when you walk out at what six probably on a wednesday you better do your work the entire time and work and and know what you're doing and do the work off the field to be able to do your work on a Wednesday. That's all I want from you. If you give me that, and you give me 100%, and you are you know your playbook and you work and you stay out of trouble, I'm going to treat you with the utmost respect. I'm going to treat you like a grown man. Now you make a mistake, I might, you know, get on you a little bit about something, hey dude, you're a little overweight, you didn't put your work in this week, whatever but you have to be able to treat them with respect and treat them like men, and you can't go past that.
2: Rashad Khan actually hit this right on the head today in one of his answers about what he might be looking for in the two open positions, what he's learned over the years, and a proven leader who understands not only the basics of football, the blocking and tackling, but more importantly, modern football, some of the things, uh, but more importantly, handling the 21st century athlete at the same time. That's exactly what you guys just spoke about. Let's get to our next question now from at Brandon Bush eight one seven. I just want to thank all three of you for the past few years. This show has been a staple of mine every Monday. This year, the show is especially needed to get me through the season. Coming from a lifelong Jags fan in New York, have a great off season. Oh yeah, and go Jets. See,
4: he's been listening all year. That guy, he heard me do that in what October?
2: Yeah,
5: and it
4: worked. Look at Pacelli shaking his head. <laughs> you know what though? the way they should you'll, you won't have to do that for another 12 to 15 years bare minimum no
2: comment from Tony okay next
5: no. question. <laughs> oh, I, I hope we never have to do it again I mean this was mystical this year yeah, maybe,
4: maybe yeah. in 15 years when Trevor Lawrence is an old broken down man maybe
5: well if he's like Tom Brady he's going to play for like 25 years
4: yeah, we might be gone I might be gone by then <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, our next question, at Eric E. Harrison, Caleb on improvements, pressuring the quarterback, have been noticeable and encouraging. How is he looking in the run game? It seems he, like Ngakwe, tries to elude the block rather than set the edge, and it's led to some issues. What do you see? Thanks for another great season, guys.
5: I mean, listen, he has gotten better. There's no doubt about it. Um, But he's, he's still an undersized defensive end. And I think you gotta you gotta figure out what what is his role and where does he fit moving forward. And and the improvements he's made were that's good. And and remember he didn't get an offseason. He's a young player. He's you know really playing a new position. When you think about it, he was more of a kind of up stand up outside end linebacker position at LSU. Now he's handed the dirt type of guy, four three defensive ends. It's different. Um, and so that takes time. And so you gotta be patient there. Um, but he's still, I still question Is he a guy that you can play on first and second down And
4: if teams start running right at you I think it's a problem it, Well I think he can play on first and second down If they're playing a different defense This defense he can't play on first and second down He's not going to play on Tony it's the old You've seen this play out years and years and years The smallest defensive end Who can rush the passer gets run at And run at and run at It can't happen anymore I mean look at even okay, as great as Simeon Rice was, remember back in the day in Tampa, when when people ran at them, they ran at him. You know, yeah. you did it. You were part of it. He could rush the passer, but what he was the old Matador when it came to the run defense because <laughs> he wasn't a big guy, and so I think that's a pro- it was a problem with Ngakwe, and it's a problem with Chason. If you stood him up, and played him on one side and Allen on the other, and you had some big bodies playing the run in front of him, then I think he could handle that. I think that's he's more suited to that. Oh, you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, just by name, I mean, I think there's a lot of work. So, I
5: mean, you need an off-season with them. And, and, yeah, but, I, I, mean, I, I, get,
4: I get it. I
5: so, it. but he, but yeah, I give him credit. He's worked hard. He's gotten better.
4: Well, next, Leonard Williams will help him next year. Oh, wow. Calling that's it, a big body. Calling it early. That's a big, that's a big oh, boy. Calling it early. I'm calling that early. I've already fixed, remember, I fixed the team last two weeks ago. So you're saying the Jets aren't going to sign Lender Williams? The Giants. I mean the Giants, sorry. He was traded for yeah. the Jets, to the Giants. Well, no, overpay for him. Pay more money than they pay.
5: Don't you forget,
4: don't think they'll... you get a you get a discount, a, a, what is it, 12, 10% up there? Percent. Discount yeah. from the taxes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't think they'll franchise him? No, they might. He's played he's played that good this year. Yeah, I know.
5: That's, that's the problem. There's not a lot of guys that big that can do what he does.
2: Our next question from at Jags, 1185. How much of a priority is signing Chark to an extension this offseason, or do you let him play out his deal and then worry about it in 2022? Likely can get a better deal now with his down year, bad quarterback play aside, but the cap is down from normal seasons, which should make market value go down. What do you think?
4: I want to see him with Lawrence. Let's see where he takes his game with Lawrence. If he takes his – if he's – what I think he can become with a really good quarterback, but I want to see it because I think it's there, but I want to see it. And I think I my mean, priorities in terms of paying in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think
5: you go through free agency in the draft and you see where you're at, and maybe you start having conversations with him in the summer and seeing if you can get to a, a price tag that works for both sides.
2: Our next and final question is from at John Galt is me. How important is having veterans on this team for this rebuild, especially with a young corps first time with a regime change? Is it worth overpaying some guys who provide that in the locker room? Love the show. Wish y'all could do a few shows in the offseason, even if only online. Do I
4: think that it – look, if you get the right veterans, it, it, look. I mean, how many how guys Lind-
2: here now are sticking around is probably well, the, I the, the I think big gonna question. Keep,
4: I think they'll keep Linder and Norwell. I do. I think the left tackle's gone. I think he's a goodbye, and I think you keep the veterans on the inside. So there's three veterans on your offensive line. Now, is Linder a leader? I don't know that. I'm not around that locker room enough to know. Is he a, is he a good leader? I know he's. he, he can be – the media, some guys think he can be standoffish at times, but is he a good leader in the locker room?
5: I haven't you know? been in there for a long time. That's JP.
4: JP. I haven't he, been in there been, this
2: year. I, I know he's been a captain the last two, three years. So for that, what that's worth.
4: Here's the problem. Who are the defensive leaders? I mean, you can you always have veteran offensive line. Norwell and 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 Linder could be veteran lead, you know, leaders on the offense. Who are the leaders on defense? Miles Jack? I,
5: mean, I think the only two guys. I mean, the only two guys that stand out right now would be Miles Jack and Joe Schober
4: josh allen but he's only what third year and he's been hurt all
5: year he really yeah. only played one year if you think about it
4: mm-hmm. yeah i i think look you i know you got a a, a soft spot for joe schober but i don't i i just think that miles jack has to be the guy you see Shobert on that one run
3: oh yeah
9: <laughs> unfortunately
4: i did Pete. unfortunately i did <laughs> well you saw taylor more than he did <laughs> but, he, but my point of Schobert, he's going to be your middle linebacker next year. I don't. See, you, you have too many other
5: places to fill. You're not going to go spend money and effort and draft capital on a middle linebacker.
4: And, and he might be better if you have big bodies around him. That's right. All right, there you have it. Social questions are done
2: for the season. Thank you for the submissions all year. And I, you guys didn't answer about doing the online show to keep it going, but we'll, we'll can, we can talk about that another We'll have, to
4: do, we'll have to have some contract negotiations on that yeah, one. Yeah, for the right money, me and Baselli will do anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the internet. Anything goes, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs>
4: we'll come back. Oh, then again, you fired us already, J.P. What oh, wow. wow.
2: Sure, uh, good point. Uh, okay. NFL playoff picture when we come back. The schedule ahead on Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly.
12: The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. Hey Jags
0: fans, did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and valet park it for free? That's right. Stop by our bicycle check-in tent, sponsored by Alert Today Florida, near Gate 1 at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty ZenCog Bike Professional will park your bike and ensure it's secured during the game. When the game's over, return your claim ticket and pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, alert today, alive tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident.
1: Jaguars fans whether it's on the field or in your finances the key to success is a solid plan from high-yield banking to home lending into retirement and beyond TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money it's time for a plan start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA FSB, member FDIC equal housing lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars
4: At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're feeling good now, smiling wider now, seeing brighter now, bucket dunking now, namasteing now, popping a wheelie now, living lighter now. You're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for $2.99. And
9: you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe.
11: Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has the large format printing services running in high gear, creating large banners for marketing events, full vehicle ramps. Learn how Kessler changes the game with print and direct mail innovation. From eye-catching restaurant menus to real estate yard signs and event displays, Kessler does it all. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
4: Jaguar's happy hour is presented in part
0: by Dreamfinders Homes. Homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill. Everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit AdecoUSA.com.
2: Welcome back Jaguar's happy hour. It's January 4th. The 2020 season in the regular year is over. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. This is the final Monday Jaguars happy hour of this season. You keep saying I'm firing you guys. I don't have any authority to do that. We'll hopefully do a show next year if your agent will allow it, Pete.
4: Well, I figured, you know, after you sent me the text the other day, I figured your dad called some people to try and get me fired (laughs) since old man Shadrick doesn't think I'm funny.
2: He's right. I mean, he knows funny and you're not.
4: Well, if he doesn't think I'm funny, he doesn't know funny because uh, your dad, we got to work on your dad. I mean, he must be drier than a piece of milk toast. <laughs> I, I I agree with hey, JP. I agree with your dad. Yeah. The only problem is you you know you might try to agree with it, but every Monday, basoli I see you on camera bite your tongue and holding it because you don't want to get caught laughing at my stupidity. <laughs> Like right now. Uh, (laughs) No, I I said funny, not I I I agree. You have plenty of stupidity. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. No, my my humor makes you laugh every Monday, and you just hold it in because you don't want to get you don't want to be accused of being guilty by
2: association. (laughs) 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 Like right there. Like right there. He's
4: kind of laughing, but he's not (laughs) laughing. (laughs) That is so true. But you know, look, I can take it from Baselli. I can take it from JP, but he texts me and tells me, oh, man, Chadrick's ripping me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He,
2: he, 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 you know what? he You know what, JP?
4: <laughs> My dad's going to beat up your dad.
2: <laughs> I doubt that highly as well. Let's go around the NFL
4: playoffs. Hey, Angelo Prisco, the mobster. <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
2: uh, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, triple headers Saturday and Sunday. Let's start with the AFC number seven seed Colts, who snuck into the playoffs and they'll face the number two seed Buffalo Bills one o'clock on Saturday, Pete, and uh, this should be an interesting game.
4: If LaVisca Chenault looked like he looked against that Colts defense, I can't wait to see what Diggs looked like. I mean, my God. Oh, my. Oh, my. That Buffalo offense is explosive. Josh Allen's playing great football. I don't see the Colts winning that game. The one thing, though, Buffalo has trouble stopping the run. Do you think they can keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands? I love that whole idea. I always do. But once you look up and it's 14-0, and that kind of goes out the window, and in a lot of situations. Yeah, as soon as you're down
5: big or a couple scores, you're hold on to the ball and slow the game down. It doesn't work as well. I just get a sense it's going to be closer than anyone. You know, Yeah, no, by, no win by a touchdown. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, don't count the Colts. I, I'm definitely leaning towards the Bills. There's no doubt about that. But the Colts, you know, they got that good defense. And they're, they're a little bit leaky in the secondary. They've had some injuries back there. But if they can get after Josh Allen, rush the passer, and you have one of those days where the front four dominates, you know, watch out. I think it's an interesting game. But people
4: haven't got after. That's the amazing thing is people aren't getting after Josh Allen, and when they do, he moves. No, he's listen. He's playing his. He's. Is there a quarterback
5: playing better than him right now? Not named Aaron Rodgers.
4: No, he's I, he's I playing the second best. Mm. Pete called
2: it uh, the second game on Saturday, the NFC number six seed Rams and the three seed Seahawks in Seattle. What do you think?
4: Now this, this one's going to be closer than people think. This will be the third time they have played the Rams won the first time. The Rams gagged away the second one and golf hurt his thumb in that game. Remember, but he threw an interception. I still don't know what he was looking at. They were driving to take a seven point lead in the second quarter. And they know him, and that defense is good enough to contain Russell Wilson. So, I think this one will be close. I think Seattle will win it, but it'll be close. Is is golf going to be able to play, though, Pete? Mm. Uh, they'll steam up some stuff to get there. That kid, though, John Wolford, who's from Jacksonville, by the
2: way. Bishop Kenny. Yeah. right Bishop Bishop kid. Yeah.
4: yeah, he did some good things in that game. No, he didn't. He played fine. I just don't think they win without golf. I, I, I'll go to Seattle. They, yeah, I think Seattle will win the game, but it's going to be tight, though. That defense no,
5: is pretty gosh darn yet. good.
2: Yeah. Division rivals to the
5: tight game.
2: They went full Duvall at quarterback last week. Walford and Blake Bortles was the backup. They signed him as well. Uh NFC number five seed Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, and the number four seed Washington football team.
3: Hmm.
4: By the way, JP, I don't think Duvall claims Bortles.
2: I think they do now.
4: <laughs> I think there's a there's a
2: portion of the fan base that no, liked Blake.
4: No, I, I like Blake, but come on, a lot of the fan base do. All not claiming Blake Ford. They'll claim John Walford. He went to high school there, but they're it's not. Hard to, it's hard to argue with PPAP.
2: <laughs> Tampa Bay, Washington.
4: Again, what is Tom Brady's kryptonite over the years? Rushing
5: the pastor, and they have four guys who can get after you, Montez Sweat. Payne, um, Allen, uh, Allen, and, uh, and Champ, or Chase, and Chase enough, Young. The fifth guy that comes in
4: is Kerrigan. He can rush the pass. Yeah, That's I right. mean, they
5: can rush the pass. I mean, I think this is a closer game than anyone Me too. realizes. Me too. I, I mean, I think ultimately Tampa wins, but this could be one of those games you will, uh-oh. And by the way, the last two times the 7-19 uh, made the playoffs,
4: guess what? They both won their opening game. Beastquake was a seven and nine team. Seattle, remember? They were a seven yep. and nine team. And, and I do think and I do think if Mike Evans is not there, that changes the dynamic of that offense a little bit as well. So Yeah, I think it's gonna be close. I think Tampa will pull a really close one out.
2: Let's move to Sunday and a couple of AFC games starting at one oh five Eastern, the five seed Ravens and the four seed Tennessee Titans. Interesting.
5: I
4: don't think this is who the Titans wanted to play.
5: I think there's going to be 5,000 yards of rushing on, on the game.
4: <laughs>
2: Fastest game of the, the, the year. Game,
4: the game will be over. You know, we said that a couple of weeks ago. When <laughs> right. Cleveland played Tennessee, the game will be over in two hours and 30 minutes. It was one of the highest scoring games of the year. So, uh, But I'm with you, Tony. I think that both teams want to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. It's a question who stops who. And there's a little bit of revenge here. Remember what happened last year in, in uh, Baltimore. They knocked him out. I think the Ravens win the game. I think the Ravens have righted a lot of their problems. Uh, I think they'll find a way to win this game.
5: I think the Ravens win, too. I just don't think you win, win in the playoffs
4: when you're that bad on defense, and the Titans are just terrible on defense. Oh, my God. It's just so bad. It, you know, they score late, and you just sit there and you go, okay, here goes Deshaun Watson. He's going to get the tight field goal no matter what. I mean, it's just, they're they're awful on defense. In the
2: NFC, the middle game on Sunday at 4:40, the seven seed Bears and the number two seed Saints.
4: Uh, is Kamara, Alvin Kamara, going to play? That's big for them.
2: But well, it's on Sunday. I, like, that should help,
4: right? Yeah, but again, I don't know. I, if something tells me this game might be a little sticky too. What do you think, Tony?
5: That. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah, the Bears' defense and. I I don't think Drew Brees has been great this year. I I think this is it for Drew Brees too. I think this is his last year. I don't think he said it. He said it.
4: There's a report he's done. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I think he's done, but I mean, but that's been the, a lot of speculation for the entire year. Um, It's starting to get more legs. Um, Yeah. I think, I think the, you know, both have good defenses. So call that a wash. Um, I'm assuming Alvin Kamara plays. And then you go down to which quarterback are you going to trust more, Drew Brees or Mitchell Trubisky? Well, I'll you'll go, trust,
4: you'll trust go, Brees. Yeah, I'll go with the same. But it, it might not be as – it might be closer. That be, might be another one where it's closer than you think. Oh, I think it's a tight game. I, you, you don't have to convince me of that.
2: And then the nightcap on Sunday, eight fifteen Sunday night start for the six-seed Cleveland Browns and the three-seed Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Wild card game. Tony Baselli will have Tony the call on Westwood One.
4: Yeah, he can't He can't pick the game because he has I the call. Yeah. He's but, a I mean, media I've, I've member. Never, I've, I've never understood that. But I... <laughs> it's like, why? Can't, Brady Quinn does that with me all the time. I have the call. I go, but what? You pick, make a pick. Who cares? <laughs> no one cares. By the way, no one cares that you have the call. <laughs> right, and no one cares who your pick is. <laughs> who, who you picking, though, by the way. <laughs> right. Saying. Come on, Tony.
5: Um, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers because that defense is good. I mean, they almost
4: beat them without Ben Roethlisberger and a bunch of players. T.J. Watt didn't
5: play. Yeah, didn't yeah, play, I, yeah. I, I think the Steelers win.
4: I agree. I think they win. This might be one where they win easily, too. I think they might pull pull away from them. I think the, the history is awful in this series for Cleveland, and I just think this is a tough matchup for them. So I'm with you. I think the, the Steelers win this one. Ten points. They win by ten. Was that just a um, blip
2: for the Steelers at the end of the season where they had lost those games and couldn't do much on offense?
4: Yeah, but this Browns team lost to the Jets a couple weeks ago, and they didn't yeah. have the wide receivers, but no, I, I think they went by 10. Okay, but here's the question for the playoffs somebody. little run that you're not expecting. It happens every year. Every, last year it was the Titans. The Jaguars did it a couple years ago. Uh, you guys did it in 96. I mean, every year there's one team that makes a run. Who's the team that makes the run? You know,
5: I, 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 well, I mean, I guess people are expecting it, but I would say Buffalo, but they're the number two seed. That's probably not right. fair. Um, anybody from three down?
2: How about Washington? You said Washington could beat Tampa.
5: No, no, no they can't. No, they're not good no, enough no, on no, offense no, to make no. a run. Hmm. Tampa might make a run because I mean they get by Washington. The rest of the, you
3: know. Well, they then they got to go to Green
5: Bay. Yeah,
4: but I think they can make a run there. They beat them already once this year. Yeah. But I, I just can't see Tom Brady in <laughs> the freezing <reason> cold <laughs> against yeah. – a, a night game maybe. <laughs> you know how he's done at nighttime. I think Baltimore can make a run. I think they can get My, a run. I'm going to go Tampa in the NFC, and I'm going to go
5: Baltimore in the NFC.
2: Remember, Pete, there was a, some weeks ago we talked about Baltimore was having all those COVID issues, everything was happening. You said at that point, I think – and I'm not going to quote you. I'm going to get close. You know, Baltimore could get right. They'll have COVID. They'll be healthy. They'll be ready for the stretch run in the playoffs. And here we yeah, go. Nobody,
4: nobody wanted them in, JP. Right? They were. I mean, nobody wants. Nobody wanted to see them in. You would clearly have rather had Miami in than Baltimore. I don't think there's any question about that. So that's yeah. that, that's a
5: big stretch. That's a
4: real strong comment. There, well, I mean, right they, they were fighting for one of the final spots. Tony was close. Baltimore got no, right at the he, right
5: time. But you saying everyone wanted uh, Miami over Baltimore. No kidding. Miami is like first of all, that's a whole story we gotta talk about at some point. I don't know if we'll have time today, Pete. But Tua, I'm following you on Twitter. That's way, I mean I mean, I'm, you can't bury him this early. I mean, because people buried Josh Allen, they were wrong about that. But
4: Yeah, but Josh Allen was in five eleven throwing passes into a into the defensive line, tipping him every two seconds either. He was just erratic at times. You could see the arm. Tua doesn't ever throw to the right side of the field. He doesn't throw guys open. You know what he is? He's a left-handed Minshew. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh my. Look at Visele's
5: Well, I mean, this is... I, I i never would have taken him. I never understood the pick. I, 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 would, I never understood the infatuation with him. I thought he was a great college player. I didn't see it translating in the pros. I, I I could be wrong. You got to give him time, but I mean, so far the early returns. I think people in
4: Miami are going. Uh, can we get H- Herbert? Like we were the we picked first. If you if you had to grade him his early early returns, and Grant he did not have an off season. His receivers have dropped passes. They've had injuries. But if you had to grade him right now for the season, what would you give him? C. Ooh, you're you're a good grade. I wish I was in your. That, that's the USC class. <laughs> no, <C. that's> the, <laughs> yeah,
5: no, I'm taking everything into consider. I'm taking everything into consideration. No offseason, coming off a major injury, rookie, you know COVID, you know all the things I'm putting together. I give him a C.
4: What do you give Herbert? An A. Plus. Yes, like the highest grade you can. Yeah, you would have you would have taken him over over uh, two. Yes, and, and an I instant. said that I said that before. Yeah, it goes back to when and all the Miami fans are giving me crap on Twitter. Like you said, what do your eyes see? Right, <laughs> you can talk all you want, one is not like the other, okay? It's just but like no, I said, but Pete, I said that with him coming out of college, you
5: just watch him. It's just like that. He just doesn't like there's nothing about him that says, like, he does this. Like, tell me one thing he does great,
4: he's better when he's on the move. I'll be honest with you. I think no, okay, no, you're my point. Yeah. Tell me, well, no, like he doesn't
5: do it. It's not like he's no, he big. Have a big arm, it's, it's not big. like he has he a big, big arm. arm. It's not he's fast. It's, it's not, not like he anticipate.
4: Super. He doesn't yeah, anticipate. Like, he doesn't go I, through his progressions. Yeah.
5: But like to your point, like even when like Josh Allen was not very good early and the accuracy was a big issue, he had a rocket arm. He was six five. He could, he could run. move. Yeah, I mean, like, like you look at like Kyle, I'm not a big Kyler Murray fan. I think he just I, he's short. He's small. That's okay. But Kyler Murray rocket right arm. Could run like the wind playmaker like i get the upside with kyler murray like, miami am, has concerns i mm. am lost with tua i never understood that him coming out of alabama like what was like what outside of throwing to wide open people at alabama what
4: was like the what trait does he have that you just go wow right he was throwing to judy devonta smith rugs and waddle I mean, my God, it's
2: not bad, right? and they had a running game too. Um, by the way, yeah, well, so uh, hey, did, have you tweeted that yet? That he's a left-handed Minshew?
4: No, I have not. I might, <laughs> I, I, I might tweet that. it for it's you here early. in a second if you'd it's like. Too early. It's too early to do that. I'm. I'm like you just when said I say it on that. the show. Yeah, but he. I mean, he just reminds me a lot of the way he plays that way. He's he's far less herky-jerky in the pocket. <laughs> he's than not
2: Minshew. doing the the ball thing on the and holding. So
4: you, uh, yeah. Pete. If you're Miami, you're drafted third. I'm considering
5: it. You take Zach Wilson? If he's there? I would,
4: Yes, oh. I would consider it.
2: Hey, let's come back. One final segment for this show, for this season. Our final thoughts after a long 2020 campaign. And it's on to 2021 on Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly.
12: The best thing about working at Fair and Farrah is all of the employees. We all work together. It's extremely enjoyable to come to work every day.
0: There's a, a common cause or goal. No matter what your job is, we're all there for the client. We are dedicated to our clients 100%. We do everything it takes to maximize
10: the value of their claims.
12: Fair and Farrah is really the Farrah family. When they choose us, they choose a family to fight for them and to protect them and to make sure that they're in a good place and that they have somebody on their side.
9: Farrah and Farrah, here for you, here for good. Jacksonville.
11: Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has the large-format printing services running in high gear, creating large banners for marketing events, full vehicle wraps. Learn how Kessler changes the game with print and direct mail innovation. From eye-catching restaurant menus to real estate yard signs and event displays, Kessler does it all. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Proven IT
0: implements a strategic game plan designed to streamline your business for maximum results. Make the winning choice with the official business systems partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Proven IT. Proven IT's technology experts use a customized approach to understand how to design, implement, and monitor solutions that optimize your business. Proven IT provides managed network services, document management solutions, office technology, voice and data solutions, and more. Visit provenit.com to see how they can streamline your business. Proven IT, transforming workplace productivity
10: at ViStar we believe in better especially in helping build a better financial future for our members so we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up we've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA.
2: Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. We're back. It's Jaguars happy hour for a final five minutes or so in the 2020 season. JP Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. This is our final Monday program of the season, unless we can get to Tony and Pete's agents and figure it out. But I have a feeling those guys will not answer the phone.
4: Well, they would answer. (laughs) (laughs) It might not last long.
2: But this is a fun show obviously this is a you know obviously a fun a fun day to recap what happened on Sunday but unfortunately this year for the Jaguars most Sundays were not happy Sundays 15 in a row in fact to in the regular season at 1 and 15 but Pete as you noted throughout the season it was all worth it in the end. The Jaguars have the number one overall pick. We'll find out if it's all worth it, obviously, in a few years. But
4: it will be worth it. It will be worth it, JP.
2: But that was the goal, at least for you, was to get that pick. The Jaguars did that, and I don't want to go through this ever again. It was horrible.
4: Uh, I, I will say this: there were days in early November when we come in here, and it would be the same show every Monday,
2: every single
4: <laughs> week. Every yeah, week it, 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 yeah, that wasn't fun. But we we did have fun with it, and we found a way to start looking ahead to the draft, which Pacelli always hates, and it worked out that they ended up with the number one overall pick. And this might be the biggest season off season in terms of optimism that this franchise has had in what 20 years. I mean, it's as much excitement since I can remember since what 99. There was still excitement after the loss in the Super Bowl. It waned quickly in the following year. But there was. And now this is that same type of optimism. I bet people are calling about buying tickets already. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence will have a number 16 jersey probably, and and, and it will be a top seller. And now you got to get the right guy to lead the team. And I, that's why I think the optimism is warranted in that city. It's it, It's finally – gonna have a franchise quarterback that that they drafted and developed
2: it's been a long time you can argue it hasn't ever
4: happened around it's never happened yeah mark was mark was acquired in a trade they've never drafted and developed a quarterback who's a franchise quarterback ever so how many teams can say that
2: not many not many um but now of course there is a bright future with that and the head coach and gm hirings are on deck. We'll see what happens in the next few days, week or two, depending on the timing. But uh, the wheels are in motion, Tony.
9: Yeah, I
5: mean, here we go. I mean, you know, we'll find out a lot. I mean, it's going to be a whole different world here in the next 30 days. I mean, it could happen as fast as next week. If they go through it and they find their guy and and it could be done. Um, Or it could take through the Super Bowl. We've seen teams name their coach after the Super Bowl. Um, and so it could be, and once we find that out, then you really find out the direction of this franchise from the standpoint of who you're going to be, because obviously the owner is a critical piece of it. It's Shad's team. He's the owner. He's the ultimate leader of, this, of the organization, but really the the culture in that building on the football side will be dictated by the head coach and the GM, who you are, what kind of players you're going to get, what the standard is. You know, you know, the direction, the philosophy, all those things. Right now, we don't have one. Do you think about it, it's it's a blank sheet of paper. And whoever comes in, they're going to
4: be dictating that.
5: And uh, I know all of us and all the fans are kind of sitting back and waiting to see what, what direction we go.
4: Follow. Whoever does get the job, follow my plan. You will have success. Follow my plan. Leonard Williams, Trey Hendrickson, Rondell Moore, a tight end left tackle, uh, and draft well with the rest of those positions. Uh, you will have a successful
7: football team.
2: It's that simple. And uh, by the way, final thought here: the NFL got through 256 regular season it's games amazing. this year. They got them all in. They
4: it's got a them tribute all in. to a the league, b the owners who spent a lot of money to safeguard those facilities and make everything work. And first and foremost, the players. The players bought in, and they deserve a lot of credit as well. It's <laughs> remarkable. Did
5: I mean, if we were honest with each other, when we kicked the show off at the beginning of the year, did any of us think we'd get every game in in, nope. six, in, se- in 17 weeks? I did nope. not. I nope. thought we'd get them in ultimately, but I thought you'd have 18, 19,
4: 20 weeks. The Super Bowl be pushed back. It's unreal. And one of the great things that's come out of this, we might see Tuesday and Wednesday football going forward. Oh,
2: boy. Look out. <laughs> Schedule disruptions ahead. It sounds like. Uh, hey, it's been a pleasure again, guys. Tony, Pete, we'll uh, talk to you down the line here in the offseason, guys. Have a good one. All
5: right, guys. Always have Happy New Year. All right. Dame. Happy
2: Tony Buscelli, Pete Prisco, out of here. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato. Not with us right now. He'll be back very soon. Brent Reber, Trent Padilla, Max Hockman, our entire Jaguars Digital crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening and watching each Monday. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.